Ahoy, me mateys. This game is for all ages. It's not rated R. Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. With Rob O'Hare. Sprite Castle. Hello, and welcome to Sprite Castle, the show in which I play, discuss, and review Commodore 64 games. My name is Rob Flack O'Hara, and on this episode, we'll be playing Sid Meier's Pirates. Sid Meier's Pirates was published by Microprose for the Commodore 64 in 1987. It is a game for one player, and it uses both joystick and keyboard controls. Before we talk about this week's game, let's talk about this week's snack. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Talking snack. Today's game has a pirate theme, and what goes better with pirate games than pirate food? I have to admit I cheated a little bit, so instead of making pirate-themed food today, I bought some. For today's show, I'm having the two-piece fish and chips from Long John Silver's with a side order of Hush Puppies. I'm also having a big mug full of rum. To be honest, I'm not drinking the rum because of its association with pirates, but rather because I'm married with two children, and I drink rum on a regular basis. Now let's get started with this week's game, Sid Meier's Pirates. Sid Meier's Pirates, or simply Pirates, is an open-world game, and what that means is you can go anywhere and do pretty much anything you want to do in this game. It's probably the great-great-grandfather of Grand Theft Auto and games like that, where you can wander around and and, uh, not have to stick to a linear path in the game. Because of that, uh, because of the fact that you can go anywhere and do anything, you'll also be spending a lot of time waiting for this game to load. This game is a notoriously slow-loading game, so just go ahead and get ready for that. Before you begin playing Pirates, you'll have to create your character and set the game up. When you begin, you will choose uh, one of four nationalities. You can be English, French, Dutch, or Spanish. So, um, and... There are, I'll get into this in a little bit, but which one you choose and which era that you choose to play the game in can make all the difference in the world. Uh, I normally just pick English, but um, you could pick any of those four. Then you'll pick one of four skill levels. There's Apprentice, uh, Journeyman, um, let's see, Adventurer, and Swashbuckler. Of course, those go from easiest to hardest. On the easiest levels, you'll get a lot of help from your crew. Uh, they will react faster and they will help you out faster. But whenever it's time for you to uh, divide the party's loot up, they get a much larger chunk of all your treasure. Journeyman is still relatively easy and your subordinates are a little bit less expert, the uh, manual says, but your share of the loot is larger. Then there's adventure, which is a little bit more difficult. You don't get quite as many hints or help from your henchmen. And in swashbuckler mode, the manual says it is extremely difficult and your subordinates are, quote, drunken gutter swine of precious little value. Of course, in this version, you get all or the majority of the loot that you find throughout the game. After you have chosen uh, what level, you'll choose what your special ability is. And you can choose a special ability in fencing, navigation, gunnery, wit and charm, or skill at medicine. And each one of those will help you throughout the game. 
The next thing you will encounter is the game's copy protection, and you will be asked a question of when uh, certain shipments will arrive and what year they will arrive and whether it's in the spring or the fall. I will include a link to the documentation and you can look those up online. So that's an easy way to play this game. Now, if you didn't have the manual back then and you had a pirate copy of uh, pirates, then the game becomes extremely difficult. Every random encounter will not go your way and you will surely die or have a miserable time playing this game. So you definitely want to take the time and look up the proper answer in the manual. Now, no matter which nationality you choose, you will begin the game in a friendly port. The first thing you'll want to do is go visit the governor of the port and he will tell you who you're at war at. Um, I just played uh, earlier today. I was English and I was told that we were at war with the Spanish and the French. The next thing you'll want to do is visit the tavern in that town, and that's where you can recruit crew members. You can also um, pay people occasionally to tell you hints about where you can buy treasure maps. They will tell you um, different missions that need to be um, accomplished and so on. So you definitely want to go to the tavern. And after you've gone to the tavern, it's time to go sail. So head out of the town, and you'll head out to your boat. And you will see the shoreline of the town you just left and a small section of the playable area in this game. Now, you're going to need a copy of the world map if you don't already have one. And I will add a link to the show notes to this as well. This is another uh, thing that made the game more difficult back in the day if you received a pirate copy of this. Of course, back then it wasn't very easy to take a digital picture or scan in a map. And without the map, it's pretty difficult to figure out where you want to go, uh, where friendly waters are, where enemy waters begin, so on and so forth. And to be able to find the different ports. As you go to different taverns, you'll be given tasks where you'll want to report to different taverns, different towns. And without the map, it's pretty difficult to do those tasks. Once you set sail out on the seas, it's very likely that you will have random encounters. Each time you run into a ship, you'll be given the option to investigate or sail away. And then when you investigate, you'll be able to find out if it is a friendly ship or an enemy ship. If it is a friendly ship, you will have the choice to um, hail them for news or you can attack them anyway for good measure. Um, and if it's an enemy ship, you can try and sail away or also you can attack them. Now, um, when you're fighting on the open seas, the first thing you'll do is you'll want to fire your cannons and uh, you shoot out the side of your ship. So you have to kind of line up sideways against the other ship and you can fire your cannons at each other. But eventually what you'll want to do is board the other ship. And that's fun uh, because you take your ship and you just ram it into the other ship and you will board the other ship. You will find their ship's captain and then you will duel with swords and you get to choose which kind of sword uh, that you want. You can have the, there's a long, longer one. There's a faster one. There's one that does more damage. Um, and then once you're on board the enemy ship, you'll sword fight your way. Hopefully you will kill the enemy captain and, um, be able to take over his ship. Now you do have the option of keeping his ship and, um, you can also take all the things that he has on board his ship. That would be things like uh, spice or cannons and all, all different kinds of things like that, which can be sold later, traded or used. You'll want to be sure to get all the food. Um, and if your morale of your crew is really high, uh, you, you may even get uh, some of the enemy crew to want to join you as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, 
certain things when you're sailing on the seas, like uh, how quickly that you can raise and lower your sails. Uh, part of that depends on your skill and navigation. So if you chose that as your special ability, you'll be able to sail faster and maneuver more quickly and also how happy your crew is at the time. And this is a whole nother variable of the game where you have to keep your crew happy by splitting your gold, giving them, you know, making sure they're well fed. Um, it, it's no coincidence that this game was made by Sid Meier, who later went on to make Civilization. There's so many variables going on in this game, both on the surface and underneath the surface, um, that you have to do so many different things to be actually successful at this game. So, like I said, you can take their ship if you want. You could take a ship into town later and sell the ship, or you could just sink the ship if you don't uh, have any use for it. Then you can head off to other ports, you can trade things, you can uh, sail around, you can attack uh, other enemies. Now, uh, when I started my game, I think I said uh, I was English and I was at war with uh, Spain and France. Well, that leaves the Dutch. Uh, so I immediately sailed to a Dutch port and took a mission from a, a Dutch governor. And so I began building an ally or an alliance with um, the uh, Dutch as well. So you can actually... Um, you know, become allies with a couple of different countries. If you're in a time period where uh, the Spanish seem to be doing better, you can attack your own country and join, you know, the, the Spanish armada or whatever you want to do. So there's literally no limit to, uh, you know, what you could do in this game. You can, uh, like I said, you definitely want to get affiliated with one or more nations and try to work up your rank. As your rank gets higher, you'll be able to uh, do more things and get more opportunities in the game. Uh, you'll get more missions. You'll be able to get your ships fixed faster when you go into ports. And like I said, you can uh, you know try to raise your rank with multiple countries uh, at a time. You can, in this game, like I said, buy treasure maps. You could go wandering around different parts of the land and digging for treasure. Now, if you dig for treasure and you don't find treasure, that will lower your uh, cruise morale, but if you find treasure and split it with them, that will raise their morale. Uh, earlier when I played, I received a mission to go find a long lost family member and I had to sail all over the world to, to track down a member of my family that had been abducted by, uh, this evil Spaniard. Uh, you can get married in the game. If you court the same, uh, governor's daughter so many times and do different things, um, you can play this entire game by not doing any of that. You can sail around and just attack pirate ships if you want, and uh, you'll basically gain favor with all the countries. Um, it, it, like I said, it, there's no set way to play this game. Anything that you want to do, you want to go around, you could attack every nation, although uh, you, <laughs> you're probably not going to last very long on that without any allies. But um, it's just very, very fun and very, like I said, open world. Not you know, open world to the extreme of the Grand Theft Auto and open sandbox games that we have today, but um, open world in the way that you can go anywhere in any order, you can uh, do anything that you choose to do, and it's really uh, just a lot of fun. Uh, also, as I mentioned before, the random events can be affected by the uh, time frame that you're playing, so... By default, I think you start in the 1660s, and if you're English, then that's pretty easy. Um, but there are different time periods where pirates are more prevalent. There are time periods where the Spaniards are doing better. There are times where uh, the French is doing better. So you kind of have to know a little bit about history, and there's a lot of this information is included in the game's manual. So depending on what time period you wish to play in, 
you might choose a different nationality to begin with. Pirates made its debut on the Commodore 64 back in 1987, but it was quickly ported to several other systems, including the Apple II and the 2GS, the Atari ST, the Amiga. Um, it was ported to DOS, Macintosh, the NES, the PC-88, uh, so it made it to lots of different systems. And then in 1993, there was an updated version called Pirate's Gold. Pirate's Gold appeared also on the PC. It was released for the Sega Genesis. It was released for Windows 3.x, I guess you would say, 3.1, uh, the Macintosh, and the Amiga CD32. In 2004, the game was released for Windows, and uh, that's when it made its way to iOS. It appeared on the iPad, iPhone, uh, and on the Wii, and in the download section for Xbox 360 and the original Xbox. Uh, it's also available, um, if I didn't mention, on Windows and on Windows Phone. Uh, that version was also released on the PSP a couple of years later in 2007. So there are lots of different ways to get your fix, and basically all these games are very, very similar Pirates and Pirates Gold are almost identical, except for some upgrades in music and graphics. Uh, and the newer versions are just as fun. Um, you know, if you don't have, for whatever reason, if you don't want to play uh, the old Commodore version or you don't, uh, you know, don't want to deal with the uh, loading times or anything like that, then um, check out one of the new versions. Get the uh, iPad version or uh, one of the ones on the on the Wii or the uh, Xbox 360 or something like that. They're just as much fun, and it's a really good game. Uh, if you like the type of games like um, uh, Taipan, I think, Shanghai, like those type of games where you would travel around and trade and, and buy and sell goods and stuff like that, you can, uh, you'll really enjoy Pirates because that's a big part of the game is... Um, you know, buying things at certain ports, finding out what ports that uh, have high prices and low prices and moving things back and forth. Some of that you'll have to, um, you get news updates throughout the game. So um, one thing you could do is when you find a town that's been recently attacked by uh, Indians, that happens occasionally, you can sail to that town and because they'll be hurting, you know, they'll pay more for certain things or whatever. So like I said, it's a very, very intricate game, but it's not difficult to play. It's just difficult to play well. Anybody can load it up and sail around and shoot other ships and do the sword fighting and all that. But if you really want to uh, excel at the game, you really have to put some work into it. Uh, and now some of my personal memories of pirates. So I downloaded a copy of Pirates, a cracked copy, in 1987, and I fell in love with the game. It's so much fun. But what I found out very quickly was it was very difficult to play without having the map. And so um, my buddy Jeff and I, we would play Commodore games. We we really enjoyed, you know, any game like this where you could get in and, and spend a lot of time and go around and do stuff. You know, Jeff's my friend that... Uh, the two of us played Ultimate together and Bard's Tale and those type of games. So we would get together and play these games for long periods of time, you know. And uh, so anyway, in the Christmas season of 1987, Jeff's mom pulled me aside and said she didn't know what uh, Jeff wanted for Christmas. And so we arranged a deal where she would actually take me Christmas shopping for Jeff. And I would pick out some things that uh, I thought he would want. So she took me to Toys R Us. 
and the two of us were walking around and I saw pirates and I thought, oh, Jeff would love this. Um, and so I think it was partially because I thought Jeff would love it and partially because I really wanted that map. Uh, but I knew Jeff would like the game. And so uh, she did end up buying a copy of Pirates for Jeff. And um, so we played his copy of the game and uh, we used his map. And, and finally, we had the document so we could answer the questions right. And we spent a lot of time playing pirates. Like I said, it, it was uh, so much fun just to to sail around. And you know, you're so used to games at that time of being um, very locked into what you can do. You know, in Donkey Kong, I mean, you have to go up these ladders. You have to go up, you know, and get to the top of each level. It's not an option to just walk off the screen and go over and, and do something else. You know, and, and uh, take Mario on a different adventure. I mean, you pretty much have to play the game as it's laid out. But on pirates. Um, you know, if you wanted to attack, you know, go into the town that you started in and, and shoot them with cannons and, and go off and sail off and, and team up with somebody else and attack pirates. And you could do that. You know, you could do, you could just play this game, anything you wanted. Um, and, and the game is so random. There's so many random generated events that you can play it over and over. You know, I remember like when we played Bard's Tale and things like that, you know, the, some of the encounters, were randomized, but you know, the maps were the same and the order that you had to do the missions and things like that were the same. But with pirates, it was a different game every time, you know, sometimes you would get different random missions. Sometimes you would have different, you know, encounters or whatever. So, uh, even after we played it and, and we would play it for, you know, a few days or whatever, save our game and come back. And, um, even when we died, the first thing we wanted to do is start up and play that game again. And like I said, if you're going to play pirates, get ready for the long load times. Uh, if you play on using, like I play, uh, on the PC with WinVice, you want to get used to the alt W <laughs> and that's a warp mode on WinVice, and that will speed things along. Um, but, uh, if you play on a real 64, you, you better get comfortable because it's going to be every time that, uh, you go into town and do different things, it's going to take that opportunity to, to, uh, swap those things in and out of memory. Okay, well, those are my memories of Pirates, and now it's time to get to the Mach 5 speed round. And that's the round in which I burn rubber through five questions sent in by listeners like you about this week's game. What number is that? Five! Five is the number of the day! Mach 5 speed round. Have you ever dressed up as a pirate for Halloween? No. Have you ever owned a parrot or any other pet bird? No. What's your favorite microprose game? Pirates. What's your favorite part of Pirates? The sword fighting. What's your favorite port of Pirates? Pirates Gold for the PC. And that concludes the Mach 5 speed round. Be sure to listen to the end of the episode when you can find out what next week's game is and where you can send your questions for the next speed round. So let's get to the review, and for this week's game, I'll be using the Jolly Roger, which is the Skull and Crossbones pirate flag you're probably familiar with. For graphics, I give it the Jolly Roger all the way up the flagpole. The graphics are fantastic. There's lots of uh, things that move. There's different types of graphics. There's still pictures when you go into the town. It's um, a really good-looking game. For music and sound effects, I have to give the game the Jolly Roger at half mast. Um, there is a little bit of music in the beginning, but for the most part, uh, there's no music throughout the game. And also the sound effects are a little bit sparse. What's there is okay, but, uh, it's, it's really not about the, 
the sound, and so I give those a half mast. Uh, the gameplay, I give it the Jolly Roger all the way up to the top of the flagpole, as I do for an overall rating. Sid Meier's Pirates gets five out of five doubloons for me. It's a super fun game that involves strategy, action, and a little bit of luck. The randomly generated events make each game unique and make Pirates worth playing again and again. Thanks for listening to Sprite Castle. In honor of the 2014 Winter Olympics, next week's game will be Winter Games by Epix. If you'd like to send Winter Games-related questions for the Mach 5 Speed Round, or any feedback on this show in general, you can email me at robohara at robohara.com, contact me on Twitter at Commodork, or leave me a voicemail at 405-486-YDKF. That is the you-don't-know-flack voicemail line, but I'll be using it for Sprite Castle. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't let anybody make you walk the plank, and we'll see you back here next time for another episode of Sprite Castle.